0: Welcome to Kicking It With KD, a podcast about real life stories, success principles, and just downright being empowered to operate and understand your life from every angle, overcoming obstacles and challenges, and finding a way to win no matter what the situation may be. Here, we believe that everybody was born on purpose, with purpose, and for a purpose. It's time to live like it. Let's go. What's going on, family? Uh, today, I want to talk to you about, man, something that is really hard to deal with. Um, honestly, it's a word that most of us run from. It's a word that a lot of us have experienced, but again, for various reasons and reasons that we can probably all understand, we do our best to stay clear of it. That word is Vulnerability. That means you're opening yourself up and in opening yourself up you could be hurt you could be attacked you could be mistreated you could be neglected there's so many things that come along with being vulnerable but at the same time vulnerability also breeds freedom and that's what we're going to talk about briefly today man so I know it's not something that's real catchy and fun and sexy, if you will, but do me a favor and listen to the end because I truly believe that in listening today and in applying some of the things that you hear that you might feel in your own heart, man, that you can find a place in yourself that you might have blocked out for a long, long time. I'm convinced that some of us have never truly experienced freedom In our hearts and our minds because of an experience or an incident that took place that caused us to build a wall of protection and safety. And again, that's not to say it isn't understandable, man, because it is. It's been years that I've had to work through this. And it's something I have to consistently work through. So I don't want you to think this is some kind of one-stop shop, one-and-done thing. It's not. When I talk about being vulnerable, it's a process, man. I'm talking like micro baby steps, like the smallest of things where you have to give yourself credit for not giving up, not quitting. Honestly, even the thought, even just to consider being vulnerable is a step in the right direction if it's done the right way. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm saying you need to open yourself up to everybody, everything all the time. So please don't get me wrong. What I am saying is. There are areas in all of our lives where we need to be a little more open because if we don't, it'll never allow us to see our true potential. We'll never be everything that we could be because of the fear that somebody might see us a certain way, because of the fear that we might fail, because of the fear that we might be mistreated again, because of the fear that something bad could happen that we saw uh, happen to someone else. And again, i say it over and over, man, it's understandable why we all would assume such things and take that particular stance, but it does not mean that it's good for us all the time. So, I mean, you know me, I'll be honest, man, from the jump, um, when I was a kid and I was as open as you, as you could probably be. I mean, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to friends, when it came to family, when it came to trying new things, man, I was basically a fearless kid out there, just making it happen, going for broke, living life as you, as some would say. Um, and I'll share this, man. I think one of the first hurdles that I experienced when it came to vulnerability, or when I came to the point where I felt like I had to safeguard myself to protect myself, was an instance that took place in my own family, which a lot of y'all can relate to. You know what I'm talking about, man. Usually, the people that hurt you the most are the people that are closest to you. It's not the random person you meet in the grocery store, or your classmate. It's somebody that's in your family. It's somebody that's supposed to be your friend. And for me, um, this was and an, an issue that I had with my father. And for years, because of the way that he was raised because of the the social conditioning that he had to um, experience and grow up in. I mean, just growing up in the projects, man, just growing up in a harsh environment, man, it's dog eat dog, every man for himself. You know, while it was a sense of community, there was also that sense of violence, you know, around him all the time, man, where he had to fight for everything that he got. And I believe that because he had to experience that so often, Naturally, you become what you know, and you do what you see. Uh, Even if you don't think that you have inherited and adopted those different qualities, or not qualities rather, but those faults or characteristics, if you will, more times than not, pressure under the right circumstances will reveal what's, what's true about you. And when it came to a certain place in his life, he started to do the same things that were done to him, uh, to me, and and my sibling, and that's distance, that's verbally, you know, abuse, that's neglect, that's to look down at, or to talk down to, or to label, or, you know, to judge. Just different things, man, that just weren't healthy. And in doing so, it naturally sparked that that understanding that you know what I can't trust you. And again, a lot of y'all, man, can can relate. Um, maybe it's not an instance with your father. Maybe it's with your mother. Maybe it's with your sister, your brother, your cousin, or your best friend. You know, um, honestly, for some of us, it's with ourselves. Some of us, we can't trust us because we make decisions that end up doing us wrong. Isn't that crazy? Like we end up developing insecurities and putting up these massive concrete walls around our own hearts because of decisions that we are making on our own that nobody's even forcing on us, things that we are putting into play. And yet oftentimes we find ourselves blaming everybody else for things that we're doing, but I digress. So when I when I think about the relationship that I had with my dad, because it's good now, um, it draws me back to one particular time that I share with you. And I grew up in the Marine Corps you know, literally on base. I was born on a Marine Corps base in California. Um, I mean, I hop, hop states and hop you know cities and stuff as a kid. I went to six elementary schools, two middle schools, and one high school. So you know what I mean. I, I know what moving is like. I know what transition feels like. Um, I cannot really say that I had a place that I felt stable and and solid in. Um, probably until I lived in Michigan, which was the last state that we we lived together and as a family. Um, and man, I remember just growing up, you know, never really receiving um, hugs or compliments or encouragement or, you know, for some of us, like, even like a kiss on the forehead or, you know, hey, son, I love you, you know, things like that, man. Um, things that nowadays a lot of us would consider weakness, which really isn't, you know, we think, oh, if a if a father kisses his son on the forehead, you know that's whack. That's stupid. He's being weak. Man, I got two boys. I kiss my boys on the forehead all the time, and I pick them up, toss them upside down, and man, I, I hug them and I'll grab them and embrace them like a dog on teddy bear. Why? Because they need to know they're safe in my arms. That there's there's no man on this planet that loves them more than I do. I do the same thing with my daughter, right? So there's no weakness there. But if you leave it up to society, if you leave it up to television, if you leave it up to social media and video games and nonsense like that, you will assume and think that by being affectionate or by displaying acts of love towards someone that you are being somehow weak. And that that breaks down your manhood, which is just the dumbest mess that anybody could ever come up with. It's the absolute opposite of the truth. In not showing those things, you let me know how weak you truly are because you don't have either the courage, the understanding of the value, or probably the drive to overcome, to reach out, to admit, to communicate those different fears and things that might be holding you back from being everything that you know you need to be. Now, I'm not just talking to fathers. I'm talking to you as well. Because that might that might come into how you treat your brother or your sister. That might come into how you treat your professor or your teacher or your counselor or your friend. I don't care if it's the male lady, the mailman, how you relate to people is always going to be a reflection of your of your your internal conditioning, what you believe is appropriate and what's not, what you believe to be strong and good qualities, and what's not, what you think you should be doing, and what you should not be doing. And that is always going to be morphed or altered or shaped, in a sense, by your upbringing, which is your neighborhood, your community, your family, your surroundings, your environment, right? So my dad grew up in a really tough environment, and he really had to fight for everything that he had. So I think in in all of that, I believe that he... Never gained um not the understanding. I know that he knew what needed to be done, but I don't believe he knew how to do it or at least effectively. So he just didn't try at all. Right. And I remember it was years, man. We just hadn't even hadn't been talking because unfortunately, one of the things that he struggled with uh, was alcohol. He drank all the time man. I'm not putting him out there to try to shame a man. I'm just saying it's a reality. If you don't understand the context of where I'm coming from, you will understand why it's necessary for me to talk like this. So he would drink his problems away because he didn't know how else to deal with it outside of lashing out physically, which is not something that he did, thankfully. Right. But drinking and, and trying to put his his issues into a bottle was just as bad. It just hurt him. Right. But it also hurt everybody else, even though he thought it was only hurting him. So I remember Man, just getting called in the middle of the night and cussed out for no reason when I was in college, right? Hadn't talked to my man in months, sometimes years. I get a phone call from a number that I didn't have saved. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Hey, this is your dad. And I was like, man, like, okay, you know, what do you need? I tried to be a good dude. I tried to be a good son, you know, at the time, man. But I'm trying to figure out college. I'm trying to figure out life. I'm like, look, man, if you're not going to be in my life, don't make my life harder, right? At least give me good advice or leave me alone, and at the time, it wasn't very it, it wasn't any kind of good advice coming. it was just you know a bunch of nonsense, a bunch of past hurts, a bunch of old issues and things that he hadn't worked out in himself that he was projecting on me, right And I remember just getting phone calls like that to the point where I'm like, I can tell you exactly what you're going to say. I know exactly why you're saying it, and I don't want anything to do with you. It was like that. And I remember getting to a point, man, where I'm like, you know what, man? I'm just keeping it real, y'all. I was like, you know what, man? If dude dies, I'm not going to his funeral. Like, I don't even care. It was that bad. And it wasn't for lack of trying, man, because year after year, I would try and I would try to reach out and, man, try to mend those different things that he broke down. Even though I was a son, I was trying to be the adult out of the situation, right? But that time, I didn't understand that man addiction becomes like a mental illness. It's like a disease. It's not just something you can overcome just by saying, "Oh, I'm not going to do this anymore." And for me, I'm like, "Man, why don't you just stop drinking, dude? Like, why don't you just stop doing what you're doing? Why don't you? Why don't you just just stop? Why don't you just change? Everybody else changes. I'm changing. Why don't you just change? I didn't. Again, I didn't understand um, that he was dealing with something that had become a part of him that he was going it was going to take probably just as many years to get it out of him as it did to get into him and that's something that that some of you are going to have to do man you got to learn what I learned and hopefully you won't learn it too late people that are dealing with addictions doesn't matter what it is right it's not that easy to just kick off it's not that easy to just say oh why don't you just stop just stop being right? It's not that easy, y'all. But at the same time, that does not take away the fact that that person can still very much be harming you. So I do not want you to think that I'm saying, hey, um, because they're dealing with this, this gives them the right to mistreat you. No, not at all. Heck no. Forget that junk. No. They do not have the right to mistreat you just because they're dealing with their own issues. What I'm saying is, from those of us that are, are not experiencing or have not and hopefully will never experience those different setbacks that they have, it's not just a a flip of a switch. it takes a lot more it's a process, it's a breaking down and a building back up right but again, I didn't understand that in college, man, so homeboy would call me and cuss me out, he would talk about my sister and he would talk about my mom, and he would tell me that you know I wasn't strong and I wasn't this and I wasn't like him, and I'm like, man, thank God I'm not like you dude. I'd be a mess, right and I remember. One year I was at my sister's house for Christmas. And you know, my father never showed up for things, man. He said he would come and he never did. So whenever he said, like every year, Thanksgiving, Christmas roll around, hey, I'm gonna see y'all. All right, yeah, cool, man. Appreciate it. see you there. What we were really saying is, no, you're not coming. We'll see you whenever we see you. But for whatever reason, this particular year, homeboy showed up. And we're at my sister's house, knock on the door comes, I open the door, and there he is. I'm like, oh, shoot, this joker actually showed up. Wow. This is awkward, right? Because again, for years on top of year, I'm talking like 10, 12, 14, 15 years, man. Every single time he said he was coming, he never showed up. Not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, any kind of way that he should have been there, he was not. So I grew up not trusting him in particular. I grew up distancing myself from men that probably could have helped me become a better young man because I didn't trust them because they resembled what I what I had experienced. You feel what I'm saying? Like some of you have been hurt by women so you distance yourself from women because you you associate them with the pain you experienced before. Some of you have been hurt by men. Some of you have been hurt by leaders. Some of you have been hurt by, by, by you know family members, by pastors and, and priests and, and different types of people. There's so many different types of pain that we experience. And what I'm saying here is, man, you will often find yourself being less vulnerable around people that resemble the person or the thing or the incident that caused you to build that wall in the first place. So some of y'all might be in relationships and you're like, man, I don't understand why every time I get in a relationship, it falls apart. Well, it's because you don't realize that you are hijacking any kind of opportunity for growth that you could have in that relationship because that person reminds you internally, subconsciously of the incident that took place That cause you not to trust somebody that looked like, walked like, talked like him in the first place. And you feel what I'm saying? I'm saying if you got cheated on by your girlfriend, chances are next time you get in a relationship, you're going to be a little less likely to put yourself out there so quickly with that young lady. Chances are you're going to have a couple trust issues. You can run a background check. You want to know who her friends are, where you come from, what elementary school you went to. I need three references, please, from third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. I need you to give me uh, at least six essays that you wrote between 10th grade and your senior year in high school. I need pictures from the prom. Right? You, you need references. Why? Because you need to know they are who they say they are. Because the last time you trusted somebody just on the word, you got done wrong. And it messed you up. It causes you to be less vulnerable. And again, when you can't be vulnerable, you put yourself in prison. And it feels safe in prison because you are the only one that has the key. And anytime somebody else feels like they might be jiggling that lock. Ooh, I'm in somebody's backyard now. Anytime it feels like somebody might have a way into your heart. You will do everything in your power to sabotage that relationship and break that thing down because you are afraid that if they get through this wall, they can hurt you again. Even though at the same time that you're fighting them, you're hoping that they won't give up. You're hoping they won't run away. You're hoping that they'll be able to see past your pain and your hurt. You're hoping they'll be able to understand that behind this brick and concrete mortar wall is a soul that wants to be loved, a soul that wants to trust, a soul that wants to give out. But you can't because of your pain that you have not let go of yet. And what I'm saying is, man... Some of us have fallen in love with our past pain and not our potential future. Man, listen, y'all owe me like $15 for that statement. Listen, some of us have fallen in love with our past pain and not our potential future. Meaning, if I broke my leg, they put a cast on my leg. I have to readjust how I walk because I have a cast on my leg. The healing process, the resetting process requires me to limp a little. So I might be side hobbling, if you will, to get used to not being able to bend my knee. And here's the deal. When you go back to the doctor after a while, they cut that cast off. At least the hard cast. And they put you in a soft cast or a boot. So now you can flex just a little bit, but you still walk with the limp. And then when you go back again, they take you out of the boot and put you in a soft wrap. But here's what happens. Most of us have become so accustomed to that hard cast and that uncomfortable boot, that even when we have the opportunity to flex that ankle, to flex that knee, to move that leg, We keep it in the safe spot. Why? Because we become accustomed to the limp. It's safer to walk like this now because I know that at least when I had the cast on, if I walk like this, it doesn't hurt so much. So what that means is the next time a relationship comes up, the next time it's time to go to school or to apply for that new position or next time you want to go up in the rank, next time you want to try out for that team, next time you want to try to get in shape what do you do? You sabotage any opportunity for your future to present itself because you're walking with the limp of yesterday's mess. You say, you know what? I'm not going to try that. I'm not going to be vulnerable. I'm not going to open myself up again because the last time I did that, it put me in this cast. So instead of me getting back in that cast, I'll just walk like I'm wearing an invisible cast all the time. What that means for you and for me is that no matter where we go, if we don't heal on the inside first, if we don't heal mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, every time we go to step, we will be reminded of that one time. And what I'm trying to get you to understand, y'all, is that you can't live your life based on that one time. So let me give you the rest of this story. My dad shows up at my sister's house. He comes in sits down. And for the most part, I ignored him, honestly. I'm like, you're here, you showed up, whatever, good for you. And the day goes on, and I'm a faith-filled man. I believe in God. Um, I believe that God has the the ability to to speak to your heart, you know, to impress, to kind of give you that, that nudge. You know what I'm talking about, like, when you just you know you're supposed to do something right you know you're supposed to open a door for that lady you're supposed to you know give somebody a hug you're supposed to say hello you're supposed to give somebody a gift you know whatever you just feel that that something on the inside says move and do this it's always something positive it's always something that requires boldness and courage right and this one time man I just I knew what I had to do and I didn't want to do it let me tell you why Cause man, I felt like God was just pricking my heart, man, to give my dad a hug. And it was not something that I wanted to do at all. Why? Dude never hugged me growing up. but I'm gonna hug you for now? I'm 23, 24 at the time. I'm a grown dog on man. You missed that window of hugs, cuz. Like you we we out. Again, this is me talking, not him. He never offered this. This is just me. And let me side note for a second some of y'all are just like me, man. Because of the stuff that you went through, you will formulate full conversations and responses to conversations that never even take place. Let Let me give you an example. That's like your best friend didn't pick up the phone when you called, when you really needed something. So what you do as you concoct this whole conversation in your head about what they're gonna say when they actually do pick up the phone next time you call, so you have a response for every potential outcome that might show itself. Hey, bro, where you at? Hey, man, sorry I didn't pick up the phone. Yeah, I knew you was gonna say that. Let me tell you, and you go off. Come to find out, they were in the hospital with their grandma. You in fact that one in every other unreasonable outcome that you made up in your doggone mind had nothing to do with what really took place that day. But it's the same way in situations like this. So you, you try to, you try to safeguard again, you try to, to, to build this wall around yourself so that you can be comfortable. But let me tell you something, y'all. There is no tree that ever grew by remaining a seed. There is no tree that ever grew tall by remaining a seed. What that means is when a seed is placed in the ground, it's overwhelmed with dirt and with soil and with darkness. It has to be by itself, cold and lonely. But if it wants to see the light of day again, it has to break out of its shell, fight through the soil that's trying to suffocate it and grow up into the fresh air. What I'm saying is you will never, ever grow to be everything you're supposed to be in this world and in your lifetime if you are remaining the same. If you're not willing to be vulnerable, if you're not willing to put yourself out there, if you're not willing to take the next step, the necessary step, you will never grow up and be anything other than what you are right now. Listen, man, you are perfect for the level of life you're living at the moment. You are perfect for where you are right now. But if you choose to be anything other than what you are right now, you are going to have to stretch. You are going to have to apply pressure. You are going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You're going to have to make a move, y'all. You can't just sit here and expect something to happen. It ain't coming. Ain't nobody coming to save you in this situation. You got to save your doggone self. And that means, again, don't put yourself out there to everybody. But there are certain times when you know you got to open up to be the next thing that you're supposed to become. So I'm in my sister's house. And I'm feeling this thing like, man, oh. like you telling me to give this dude a hug man what's going on i want to hug this nigga, well i'm upset i'm been out of shape right it's been years where this dude was just absent just gone never apologized always blamed always pointed fingers i'm like man forget this john so i I muster up the courage man and i walk up he's sitting on the couch and i was like hey dad he was like what's up i say merry christmas man he was like yeah merry christmas and I'll never forget it man I opened my arms and leaned over and he said man what you doing so I'm giving you a hug man it's christmas he said a hug we do not do that man get away from me brother oh my lord let me tell you what I felt at the moment if I had a rifle if I had a machete if I had an atomic bomb if I had pesticide if I had anything that could kill a human being I would have used it right then and not I would have went straight to prison happily I would have skipped all the way down to the county jail I don't care I was furious I could not believe this dude had been like this all of my doggone life and the one time I'm trying to be something better I'm trying to make our relationship better than it is. This dude says, get away from me. We don't do that. It's a hug, man. I wasn't trying to freaking kiss the dude. I'm like, I'm trying to give you a hug, dude, because you're my father. I'm trying to show you that even though internally I hate you, I'm trying to let you know there is a spark of hope that we might be able to mend this relationship. And I got shut down. Talk about pissed. Talk about wanting to just... Throw them hands. I'm like, bro, stand up, man. I'm about to drop you. I'm about to knock you right back down. Stand up. Sam. so I can hit you knock you back down. Right? I was just, I was mad, y'all. I was beyond mad. I immediately said, never again. And for many of you out there, something happened to you just like me. And for a lot of y'all, it was way worse. But you said in your heart, in that moment, never again and I understand how it feels I just told that was that was a mild example of some of the things I back to experience in my lifetime from multiple different areas right not just with my dad but with different things right I almost got shot when I was in high school hanging around the wrong people right my guidance counselor told me I wasn't college material told me I was stu- too stupid to go to college right Even though I got my masters from Duke, holla. But anyway, what I'm saying is we all have different areas, man, that we've experienced these different types of things in, man, that that has has caused us to believe this or that. And those times, man, where something hits you just right and you say, never again. Why? Because you don't want to experience that pain again, man. You don't want to go through something that you don't have to. Why would I put myself through this mess if it's not required of me? But I'm going to tell you something, y'all. More times than not, the thing that you believe is probably holding you back is actually the thing that's actually going to set you free. The thing that you think you have to stay away from is often the very thing that you have to confront In order to get stronger so it was years on top of years on top of years man but one day one day y'all I say you know what I remember that time in my 20s when this happened and I told myself never again but I realize if I use the word never it's infinite that means there is no changing it that means that that it's timeless it's eternal And if I say never, that means that whatever was being held up by that thing will also never be in my possession. And what I realize is I wasn't reaching for his affirmation. I was reaching for freedom for myself because I had allowed our relationship to not only hold up areas that related to me and him, But to so many other areas in my life, man, and some of y'all the same way. Because of what you experienced at home, that now leaks into how you operate at school. Because of things that happened at school now leaks into you how how you operate when you're by yourself or when you're around your friends or when you're around your family. I'm just saying, y'all, like when you look in the mirror, what do you see? How do you respond? And where did that negative thing come from? Where did that wall come from? Are you able to be vulnerable and honest with yourself? And not just with yourself, but is there anybody in your life that you're able to be open and honest with as well? Because when you're fighting that thing, you will feel like you're on an island all alone. But you're not. There's so many people that have experienced what you've experienced. There's so many people that are going to experience even worse than you. And what I'm saying is you have the opportunity right now, if you're still breathing, to do something different, to change things up, to get stronger, to get better, to get bolder. So what I would challenge you to do is to step out, to cancel that never again, even though you feel like saying never again is the only way that you can be safe. I want you to know that vulnerability is actually power. Why? I'll give you a quick example before we get off of here. Name one time that you have ever seen an act of courage that did not require a sense of vulnerability. Think about it for a second. Think about any war that you're aware of. When has there ever been a person that won a Purple Heart right? Or the medal of honor. When has there ever been a soldier or a warrior that went into battle and accomplished anything without making themselves vulnerable? Never. Why? Because in order for you to move forward, you can't stay where you are. Name a boxer that's ever knocked somebody out by holding both hands up to their head, protecting themselves at all times. It's never happened, why? Because in order for you to launch forward, you gotta drop one of your hands to swing a punch. When you throw that punch, you gotta drop a hand. And in dropping a hand, you make yourself vulnerable. But in your vulnerability, your power is actually displayed. And that's what I'm saying. That in your power, your vulnerability allows you to say, hey, though I'm putting my guard down, I'm actually showing the world what I'm made of. So, man, I want you to think about something in your life that has, has caused you to shrink back, that's caused you to feel like you can't. Something that's said never again. And I want you to, to get a sheet of paper. Write that. Write that incident down. Write down the word that comes to mind when you think of that, that day. Now, I want you to draw some l- l- lines. Away, almost like you draw like an old school sun. You know, what I'm talking about when you were a kid, you drew a circle, and the sun rays were just lines, right, in random directions all around the circle. And when you do that, I want you to write down every emotion, every thought, every color, anything that comes to mind at the end of those lines. So what you should have is a word in the middle. Whatever that thing is that's holding you back. So, if for me, my guidance counselor told me I wasn't college material. So in in a in a circle, I would write, "High school guidance counselor said I wasn't smart." I would circle that thing. I would draw lines out away from it. Like I said, like an old school sun sun like sun ray. And at the end of each one of those, I would write down every emotion, every thought, every color, anything that popped in my head. Anger, fear, jealousy, betrayal, frustration, red, black, gray, all the things that you think of that you experience, right? And from there, I want you to do it again for each one of those and break them down piece by piece. Because the goal is to take this one centralized idea and to break it down into manageable pieces. So if anger is one of the things that came out from that, how can I learn to manage, to cope with, to deal with the relation of anger to this incident? So you just take that piece and you say, you know what, I'm angry, why am I still angry? This happened to me in high school, why am I still angry about this? Because it made me feel like I wasn't as good as everybody else. Well, why does that matter? Because it's important for me to feel comfortable and encouraged about myself. Well, why does that matter? Because if I don't believe in myself, then anybody and everybody will be able to tell me what I can and cannot be. Why does that matter? Because if I allow everybody else to tell me what I can and cannot be, whenever I want to step out and do something different, they will have more power over my life than I do. Why does that matter? Because I want to make sure that I'm in control. Why does that matter? Because if I'm not in control, somebody else is. Why does that matter? Because if somebody else is in control, I'm a puppet. And that's really what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that if I allow anybody to tell me anything, if I accept anything from them, it may cause me to believe more in what they have to say about me than what I believe about myself. And I'm the person that has to sit with me when I pass or fail, not them. You feel what I'm saying? And from there, you begin to formulate these small strategies to take that thing back, piece by piece, to say, you know what? Today, I'm gonna work on not being angry I'm gonna work on taking constructive criticism. I'm gonna work on uh, if somebody says something about me that I don't like, I'm gonna think about why it made me feel the way I did, or rather, why I allowed myself to feel the way I did, because nobody can make you feel anything, right? Side note, nobody can force your emotions on you, y'all. A lot of us are like, you make me feel, you make me mad. Nobody can make you anything unless it's physical force, but even still, They cannot force an emotion into your body, into your mind, into your brain. It's impossible. I can't, even if I did something to you, I can't make you feel that emotion. You chose to attach that particular emotion to that incident. How you received it is what you attach to it. So a lot of us are are attaching the wrong emotions at times to things that we shouldn't be. And sometimes we need to know that we're able and capable of getting beyond that thing and branching out and being something great. So I want you to take small steps towards changing and shifting and being vulnerable just a little bit because in those small steps of vulnerability, you'll understand your true power. And when you understand your true power, what can stop you? It's your man, KD. I hope y'all found this uh, entertaining, helpful, and useful today. Get out there and make something happen. We believe in you. Peace.